talking to John Gordon is uh, talking to a man who's passionate about what he believes in, what he's about. He is a motivator. And uh, some people are called motivational speakers only because they, they want to be in front of people. John Gordon wants people to, he, he's pushing people forward, helping them become uh, leaders. The Power of Positive Leadership is one of his books. The Power of a Positive Team, The Coffee Bean, uh, The Carpenter, which we're going to talk about today on Brave Men. So thanks for being with us. And uh, with me, as always, is uh, Chris Shields, our producer. And John Gordon, you actually uh, had looked at some of his stuff before we talked, and, and I had heard about him. And yes. he's he's been with the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? Yep. Some of his clients, uh, Dell Corporation, Clemson Football, Northwestern Mutual, West Point Academy, and more. Miami Heat? Miami Heat. Did he help him get to the finals last year? I don't know, man, but it, the Dodgers won. <laughs> That's true. So so it you know, works. Yeah, so it must, something's working. He has some insight. Yeah, this guy's written uh, over 20 books. And, yes. uh, you know, the conversation with him, I, this is one of those people I could have talked to for hours. Yes. Because he's not only just full of life and... Uh, you know, you know, the true motivator. Yeah. He just has it in him. Yeah. So, you know, I'm talking to him and he's kind of trying to talk to me about stuff, you know, like about me. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. John is a, a remarkable, uh, man who has uh, built an amazing, uh, organization, the John Gordon companies Yeah, and, uh, speaks to people. He's a graduate of Cornell and has a master's in teaching, which maybe that kind of helps Motivated. qualify him yeah. for some of this stuff. <laughs> Motivate him to do what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the what you guys talk about today, you know, the book Carpenter. Yeah. You know, one of the highlights that I love about this book is, you know, this theme. The one with the servant's heart is the yeah. leader. Yeah. You know, and that's something that we here at Christian Men's wow here at Christian Men's Network wow. talk about a Man, lot. That was a, we're not even going to edit that. <laughs> I I'm just going to leave that in there just to help you stay <laughs> humble, man. It'd be one of those, uh, like, little at the end of the year, you know how they always play the, the best of? Yes, yes. That'll be the best of. <laughs> we'll just tell David to leave that in there. Oh Don't edit God. that out. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, like, he, he does, you know, I love that quote, you know, the one with the servant's heart mm -hmm. is the leader. Yeah. You know, and I think that especially in my generation, that's oftentimes the oh, missed um, opportunity or that the missed, um, you know, moment. It's like it's not the one that is in the front that actually is directing. Yeah, exactly. It's the one behind the scenes the that you didn't serving. even know about. Yeah. And that's that's how I feel about John. When I was talking with him, it was like he had that thing on him that was like. You know, I mentioned right at the top, he, he's not as concerned about being up front as about helping other people move forward. Exactly. Does that make sense? Exactly. And so, uh, man, and he's, his books, the, the Carpenter is an allegorical tale. Yeah. Right? So, uh, which means it's representative of things. Yeah. And I figured it out. You figured it oh, out? Oh, yeah, I totally figured it out. It's got spiritual connotations. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. It took me a while. Yeah. You know, I had to go get the cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> you get the Matthew Henry's commentary <laughs> on the carpenter by John Gordon. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, no, it's great. And this is going to be a fantastic, uh, I mean, this is, this is the type of thing that we do at Christian men's network is yes, help exactly. men grow larger. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why John Gordon's here. Exactly. Because not only are we being, you know, introduced to what he does and his materials, but he's helping us stretch Exactly. As we launch and revive ourselves, renew, refresh our lives, and move forward stronger into a great, great year uh, in the middle of pandemics and everything else going on. Yeah, and this is another quote before we jump into the interview yeah. that, I just, that really stuck out to me. You know, talk to yourself instead of listening to yourself. Wow. You know, and it's like it goes back to a lot of the things that we've talked about numerous times on, you know, the Brave Men podcast. What are you telling yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, and what, I love how you say, it. you know, your identity is the story you tell, you yourself, tell yourself about, about yourself. yourself yeah. So what are you telling yourself? Yeah. And as you go into this new year, this is a fresh slate, a fresh mm -hmm. opportunity to start telling yourself the right things. That's why we have this. Exactly. That's why John's here right now. Exactly. Because too often we tell ourselves stuff about our mistakes things that other people have said, some guy 
put you down when you were in fifth grade. Some coach told you you'd never make it. Exactly. And now, uh, you know, we live with this stuff and we make that part of the essence of our lives. And uh, John's going to help shift that today. And uh, excited to have today uh, John Gordon on uh, Brave Men. And it's good to have you with us, too. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Hey, John Gordon, thanks for being with me today. And uh, great to meet you, brother. I've, I've, you know, in fact, I've read your books. Um, John Gordon is, uh, if you haven't read his stuff, you're going to want to read all of them when we get done here. John Gordon is one of uh, the leading inspirational and motivational authors in the world and a thought leader. In other words, the things that we may talk about a few months from now, he's thinking of or putting into motion now. So, uh, so John, thanks for taking the time to hang out. Uh, let me ask you a quick thing, though, because frankly, and maybe it's just the fact I like coffee, one of my favorite books that you've written is The Coffee Bean, which is, which is don't, you know, when the, when the water gets hot, is don't just succumb to the environment, but change it, which is what the coffee bean does. Right. You don't want to be the, the carrot. When you put that into hot water, it gets weakened. Right. You don't want to be the egg, which gets hardened by the hot water, by the environment. We could be like the carrot. We can crumble from the inside out. We can allow the stress and the pressure to bring us down. Yeah. Or we could be like the egg where we get hardened and bitter and angry wow. because of, of the situations we face. We know a lot of people who, who that's happened to in the course of their life. Or we could be like the coffee bean. And when you put that coffee bean into boiling hot water, it transforms the water into coffee. It literally changes the name. We don't even call it water anymore. We, we give it a new name. We call it coffee. Wow. And so instead of the environment impacting it, it impacts the environment. And I think that's what we're called to do every day is leaders to transform from the inside out. The power is on the inside. It's not on the outside. Our circumstances have no power over us we are more powerful than our circumstances. Wow. You know, and, and uh, you talk a lot about leadership and, and your books are in leadership, you know, stalls and uh, hashtag and all that. But when I really delve into it, you don't teach leadership as much as you teach servanthood. I would say that's a great point. I mean, in terms of the carpenter, it's about being a servant leader, but I would say I am teaching leadership because being a leader means being a servant. There you go. So the greatest leader of all time, Jesus, the ultimate positive leader, taught about servant leadership. He was a servant leader, so he shows us how to lead. Three principles that make you a great leader. Love, serve, and care. Love, serve, and care. Love others, love what you do, love your team. Serve them serve their talent, serve their heart, serve their mindset, serve their growth, mm -hmm. and then show that you care. You can actually break down, that's what he did in, in all three phases of leadership of what he did. He loved, he served, and he showed that he cared. And we still tell stories about him to this day. Now, obviously, it was more than just the actions, right? It's who he was, right? But, but it's his actions that we remember. It's the stories that are being told. And really, it's the model of leadership that we can we can all emulate. So in The Carpenter, I, I share that. Now, the power of positive leadership is very much the same way. It's about being a positive leader. It's our optimism, our belief. But ultimately, to be a great leader, it's not just a state, state of mind. It's a state of action. And it's how we, we lead others by communicating, connecting, committing, and caring. One of the things that we, we teach in uh, CMN and, and the Global Fatherhood Initiative is you're only qualified to lead to the degree you're willing to serve. Mm. And so, uh, but, but you can't sell books on servanthood, <laughs> so, right? You can't, do a, you can't do a servanthood conference, you know, but, but you can do leadership. Now, the fascinating thing to me was, uh, was uh, I think it was, uh, was it a foreword that Kim Blanchard wrote when he talked about uh, when he has people hold up their hands? How many here are leaders? Only 20% yes. of the crowd yes. holds up their hand. So most of us don't feel we're leaders, but if we read, if we go way back old school, Joe Girard, the greatest salesman who ever lived, he talked about, it's Dunbar's number, right? 152. How many people we impact in our lives every single day. So in fact, we are thought leaders in the world in which we live. Yeah, we all have the ability to influence others. And so I read a thing where if you impact 
eight, actually, if you're, if you, in the course of your life, sorry, in the course of their life, in your life, you will impact 80,000 people, right? Through wow. interactions, through a ripple effect, enough to fill a stadium. But wow. I always tell people, even if you just impact one person, you are a leader because you are influencing that person. You have the ability to impact the people that are around you. And I always get this question, especially from younger people. John, I want to be a leader. Where do I start? And I tell them, love, serve, and care. Start there. If you start to impact the people around you, you will grow as a leader. You will grow in your influence the more you influence those people. I know Chick-fil-A and they had a, a guy that was a leader in title, but he couldn't get his team to follow him. Wow. He said, okay, we're taking you away from your team. You're no longer their leader. You have to find a way to get them to follow you. And if you can't, then we can't have you in this company anymore. He could not get them to follow him. And all he would have to do, he really wanted to be a leader, was to say, so what are you working on? And how can I help you? Wow. If he would have done that and joined them, joined them in their growth, in their work, he would have been a leader. See, a leader is not way ahead of the pack, right? Sometimes they, they go the way in advance to see what they have yeah. to, 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 where they have to go. But ultimately, a leader walks with you and lifting you up when you fall down. To me, that's the visual of a leader. Well, that, that's your care piece, which is compassion, which, you know, the strength of a man is never on the outside. It's always on the inside. And so, if, I, if you will, it, it comes out of, you know, the whole root thing, which is love. Yeah, uh, and, and, and if you invest in the root, one of my key principles is, if you invest in the root, you will get a great supply of fruit. Mm. Focus on the fruit of the tree, the outcome, the numbers, the stock price, the wins and the losses. Right now, our fruit is not doing very well. Our root is facing some troubles in our country. If you yeah. focus on the fruit and you ignore the root, the tree dies. I believe what's going on right now is causing us to get back to investing in our root, to nurturing that root, our culture, our people, our purpose, our love. And if we do that, we will get a great supply of fruit. It's all about root to fruit, not fruit to root. Yes. You know, what's cool about this time that we're spending together is, is uh, I'm going to come out of here with so many cool notes that I'm going to look like a genius the next time <laughs> I get up to speak somewhere. It's going to be awesome. I appreciate, I appreciate awesome. that. It's, 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 all, it's all God. He gives me the insights and the wisdom. And, and really, yeah, when people ask, hey, John, how do you write these books? And I write them about three and a half weeks. Sometimes the longest is four weeks. And I just want to oh. give all credit and all glory to God. Even though I'm in the marketplace working with all these different great companies and sports yeah. teams, schools, God really gives me these insights. And I, I wasn't a believer until I was 35 years old. I was baptized really? at 35. And my life transformed after that. I, I'm a good friend with, er, good friends with Erwin McManus, a pastor out of LA. and A disruptor. Erwin, yeah, and Erwin did a lot of work in, in Dallas in the early days. And Erwin and I became great friends. And it's his sermons that led me to, to Jesus. And we talk now and he's like, John, how have you gotten so smart? Because you were not like this when I met you. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. Only God could do this. Yeah, only God. Yeah, that's when you have to stand back and say, only God. Yep. So uh, I'm reading the Passion Translation the first part of this year, which is uh, I had not read before. It's a great new translation. My wife had been reading it for a couple of years. And so I, I committed in my personal devotions to read that. So the beauty of it, I read Proverbs every morning based on the day of the month. And uh, the beauty of, of Proverbs and the Passion Translation, to your point, is it says in most translations, the difference between uh, the antithesis of godly wisdom is earthly wisdom. Mm. But in the Passion Translation, it's godly wisdom or foolish stupidity. Love that. Love that. I love that whole piece. Because that really speaks of where a lot of us have a tendency to live. You know, so tell me about, were you living in Dallas at the time? I know you graduated Cornell. Yep. Now I moved right. to Atlanta after college, and that's okay. where I met my, met my wife. And then we had two small children, and we moved then to Jacksonville, Florida. And it's funny, we just wrote a book called Relationship Grit, my wife and I. And it's about our journey of 
struggles and ups and wow. downs and her almost leaving me and me being this negative guy who wasn't a great husband, wasn't a mm. great father. And it's our journey of how we changed and our testimonies are included in there and how we grew in that. And GRIT stands for God, Resolve, Invest Together. So it's basically four chapters where we take you that take you through it. You have to invest in God. God has to be the center of your relationship. You have to make sure you have the, re, you have the resolve to stay together through the tough times because it's so easy to walk away. Yeah. You have to make the time and put the energy into investing in the relationship, which we often don't do. We often consume from each other instead of investing in the relationship together. And then you have to do it together. It takes two. You can't do it wow. if one wants it and the other doesn't. We learned over the years to invest together and it's never going to be equal. You're never going to have you know, equal amounts of investments and it's this ebb and flow. So, so we share our story, very transparent. It's really scary for me in some ways because I mean, I'm, I'm putting it out all, all out there. I mean, it's a, it's a tell all and I'm basically saying, Hey, this was me. This, this was who wow. I am. This is who I am now. This is who we were. Wow. This is who we are now. And here's what we've learned. And here are lessons to help you in your marriage so that you will stay together. So that's, that's the whole uh, point of that. But it's funny, that's our, that's our journey. So yeah, moving from Atlanta to Jacksonville and then her almost leaving me, me finding my purpose, asking God, what am I here to do? Writing and speaking came wow. to me and started that journey of being a writer and speaker to, to now being on your, your great podcast. You know, so, uh, so what, what happens here, I'm, seeing, I'm thinking, you know, of Jesus. Uh, when he healed that guy, remember the guy, and uh, they, they dig a hole in the roof and they lower him in. And my son, who's a pastor in Fort Worth, <clears throat> came up with a beautiful allegory. He said the uh, picture that everybody, he said most of the people were outside the building. So they, they just saw the guy get lowered. And then when Jesus heals him, he tells the man, pick up your mat, and carry it with you. Why would he do that? Because the mat became his message. Hmm. Because all the people saw him carried in, the next thing they see is him walking out carrying that same mat. And I love the stories of, uh, here's who I was, here's what happened, uh, and, and here I am today. And Carrying the mat, I love that. Yeah, the mat is your message. He's writing that book. Man, I was going to say, that's a book right there based yeah, on that book. story. Come on, John, that's what I keep telling him. Maybe you can just back me up on that one as a dad. I will encourage him. Tell him he needs to share that book, write that story. Yeah. Before somebody else does. Right. Hey, not, hey, next, next week, you might hear me talk about the math. It's all good, man. It's a God thing. I hey, uh, it. Let no. me mention it. J-O-N-G-O-R-D-O-N dot com. John Gordon dot com. dot com. And that's where you can get these tools. You also have a positive university, uh, your newest book, Stay Positive. Man, uh, unbelievable how God has enabled you to write these books. And now I want to mention a couple of things. I want to come back to a couple of things you just mentioned. But uh, on, this, on this collaborative work, because you've worked with a number of other people, uh, what is that that energizes you when you, when you do that? Why is well, that you know, important to you? It's funny. For years I wrote by myself, and then I wrote a book with Mike Smith, the former coach of the Atlanta Falcons. You win in the locker room first, the seven C's to build a winning team. Right. So that was fun. I didn't really want to do that, to be honest. Mike had been fired from the Atlanta Falcons, and he had some time. And he said, John, you know how we've been talking all along yeah. about maybe writing something? Let's do it now. And I had just written a book. And I was like, all right, Mike, because I wanted to be loyal to Mike because I wanted to get that book out there and for him. And it was really for him, to serve him. But then we do this great book, and all these coaches and leaders start reading it. It starts to have a great impact. So I saw, wow, this is a great project to do together. So then my good friends, Dan and Jimmy, both very involved with FCA at a high level. They work with them. Uh, they lead their ministries around the world. And Dan Britton wanted to do a book called One Word That Will Change Your Life. So we did that together. And so it's not like I look to write with people. I just, I just wait for who I'm supposed to write it with. And it comes to me when it's supposed to. Damon West, who I wrote the, wrote yeah. the coffee bean with, that was something we met, we met through Dabo Sweeney who told me about this coffee bean story that Damon had just shared when Damon spoke to the team. And once I heard the story from Dabo Sweeney, I thought that needs to be a book. Yeah. So I reached out to Damon and said, Hey, 
we should do this book together called The Coffee Bean. It's such a great analogy of inside out. Because Jesus said, right, right, the, the kingdom of God is inside you. The power is, is in you. So I knew that inside out is the way to go from a, from a spiritual and, a, and, a, and also a very universal principle, right? Yeah. So it's a God principle. I knew that it was powerful. And I've been sharing it. I was sharing it with teams that I spoke to, NFL teams, NBA teams, inside out. When I heard this coffee bean, I'm like, that's it. And Damon said, hey, you can do it on your own, John. Like, you don't have to do it with me. Wow. And I said, no, no, I, we're supposed to do it together. God was telling me, you need to do it with this guy. And Damon had been in prison for seven years, had been out for about three years at that point. Wow. Speaking to these teams, being useful, making a difference. And sure enough, like this book has just exploded. It took off doing it together. So again, I'm not looking to write with people, but when my wife said, Hey, let's do a book together. I knew I had to write a book. <laughs> well, that was a, that was done. That was a done deal right there. And, and you know, it's funny. We wrote that book in the same chair, not at the same time, but in the same chair. So wow. she would write on my computer. I would leave. And when I came back, she would leave and then I would write. Wow. And it's so funny. I've written 20 books eight bestsellers. And then my wife was like, all of a sudden she was the expert in writing. <laughs> so she's like, she's like, she's like, Oh, this doesn't work. Oh, you got to change this. You got to change that. And yeah. I'm like, yes, honey. Funny yes, that. dear. Yes, Dude, dear. Whatever thing. I love the whole thing. Grit, you know, the, the way you came up with the different uh, acronyms on that. Yeah. I've got a friend of mine who pastors a church in uh, Tulsa, a very large church called guts. And people are always asking his name is Billy Shear. He was, uh, you know, a friend of mine, he was on the U.S. rugby team, and then we played competitive baseball together. And, and so uh, people are always asking him, John, hey, so what does guts stand for? And he says, guts? Just <laughs> 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 all it stands for. Hey, you know, you, you hit something, and this is key because I, in some of the stuff I've written, I talk a lot about focus, that focus is uh, – True uh, vision is forged in the discipline to extract yourself from the unnecessary. And you talk about the power of saying no. Tell me about that, because you've hit it more than often in a number of your writings. Well, distractions are the enemy of greatness, mm. similar to what you said, right? Distractions are the enemy of greatness. So you have to say no so you can say yes to the things that truly matter. Mm. We have to say no to the things that are taking us away from what truly matters. So it's about your purpose. It's about finding your calling. Sea turtles, when they come on shore, they lay their eggs. And several months later, those sea turtles hatch. I live in Northeast Florida where we have a lot of sea turtles. When they hatch, they go towards the pure light of the moon towards the ocean. Wow. But in very developed beaches, what happens is you have all these lights and bright lights that, that are, are on shore. And too often, those sea turtles now move towards the bright lights. Wow. Instead of the pure light of the moon, which is supposed wow. to be the brightest light on the beach, now we That's have other brighter lights. Right. And so now they move towards those bright lights towards a disastrous outcome. And how often do we move towards things that seem bright and shiny and the wealth and the car and the success? And maybe if we're in a marriage, we see someone else that maybe might look better. Wow. We go through all of these bright lights and distractions that, that ultimately derail us from our core purpose, from what God has planned from, for us. And so instead, what we need to do is we need to move towards the pure light of the moon, towards our purpose, towards our path, towards the future that God has for us. And to me, it really is a, a simple thing of, are we going to choose the tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil? It goes back to the garden of, of the ultimate choice that we have initially. And I just wrote a book called The Garden, and it's a, it's, about spirit, it's a spiritual fable about ways to overcome fear, stress, and anxiety. And this is my sort of my coming out book in terms of I'm being very overt in this book. Like this is a very strong faith book yeah. about how to overcome this. It's not through drugs and so forth and treatment, although, again, there, maybe there's a place for that for, in society, right? I'm sure there is. But this is about like the spiritual battle that we're all facing where we look towards the bright light. We look towards the things that make us want to do it on our own instead of truly relying on God and trusting in God mm. for our provision and for our future. Hey, this is Chris. I want to take a moment right in the middle of this great conversation to let you know the Brave Men podcast is a production of the Christian Men's Network Worldwide and the Global Fatherhood Initiative. 
Christian Men's Network has helped pastors and leaders disciple men for over 40 years. You can find all the resources for mentoring and fatherhood at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. There is a fresh new study every week called Power of Potential that just started. Monday Night Men is a new resource for men and pastors. As a pastor, you can follow up the 30-minute study with a digital meetup with your men for prayer, discussion, and teaching. Some churches are using the videos as part of a group meeting. As an individual, enlarge, energize, and build a strong mindset. This 13-week study will be on YouTube and Facebook. Get your books and materials at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. Stop what you're doing, take your phone, tablet, or computer, and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, unless you think you will lose the podcast. In that case, make yourself a note. That's the Christian Men's Network or Paul Lewis Cole. Now, let's get back to this powerful interview between Paul and John Gordon. Yeah, so so what you're really talking about is people who self-medicate. And in, in my work, that's anything from uh, alcohol, drugs, pornography, right on down the line. And so rather than self-medicate, we come back to the garden. And, and essentially, you're saying come back to the center of where you were created. Yes. Um, Man, that's that's brilliant. Uh, in that now, now let me ask you. Okay, here's a basic question because I'm sure you get this all the time. All right, John, I read this, I read that, and and I'm going after my purpose. I just don't know how to find it. Where where is it? Well, I wrote a book called The Seed, which is about finding your purpose and happiness. Of course, of course, you did. <laughs> it's about a young man named Josh who goes on a journey with his dog to find his purpose, and what he learns in this story is that you can't find your purpose without a relationship with the one who created you for a purpose. Wow. So once you develop a relationship with God, God will reveal your purpose to you because you are here for a purpose. He created you for a purpose. So it's about tuning into him. Why do millions of people search for their purpose? Cause they know there was a purpose to be found. Why has Rick Warren's book, the purpose driven life sold what a hundred million copies because everyone is searching for their purpose, but what they're really searching for is God. Yes. When you find God, you find your purpose. And so if you don't know your purpose, start living with more purpose. Find ways to be purposeful. And as you do that, what will happen is you'll start to be opened up to your purpose finding you, towards God sharing that purpose with you. But it's really about tuning and turning towards him. And from that, he will reveal it. See, that's what happened to me. It was like, God, I just finally said, God, why am I here? I wasn't a Christian. I just said, God, why am I here? What am I born to do? I know I'm here for a reason, God. What is my purpose? And that's when writing and speaking came to me. I never knew I would do this. Really? I didn't know what I would write and speak about. I just knew that, okay, I'm going to write and speak. It was so clear. And that moment on, that day on, I knew I was going to do this work. And that's why I've written 20 books like I have in in these short amount of short amount of time and it's why they've sold over four million copies now wow all all god doing this work you know i think most most of us would would find our purpose if we were actually going to help somebody else because it's usually on the way so helping other people i'm so glad you said that because i just shared you know that's why i write these books all these books and you know sold four million when i first started no one paid me to speak. So I did 80 free talks. Right. And, I, and I went from city to city sharing the message in the book. And I went on a book tour for the energy bus when it first came out. And five people were in one city, 10 people in another, 30 people in another. The most wow. people we had were 100 people in Des Moines, Iowa. They thought Jeff Gordon was coming. That's why they showed up. And so. Wait, wait, wait a minute. That, we may have slid past that. They thought the NASCAR driver was Yeah, they thought up. Jeff Gordon, not John not, Gordon. They thought not Jeff Gordon. Gordon. That's, that's, why I was, that's why I was so packed. Oh, come on, man. No, no joke. They did. A hundred people, right? So, so I get back, and what I realized in looking back was, this was, this was 2007. Yeah. Looking back, God was refining me. He yeah. was holding me. He was shaping me. Like, are you really going to do my work? Is it about you or your purpose? And wow. my mission was to encourage and inspire as many people as possible, one person at a time. Wow. Just go out there one person at a time. And so that was my mission. And guess what? 
It's my mission to this day. Right now we're talking during the coronavirus. Right now I went from speaking to all these major companies, big events, getting paid a lot of money to now making nothing. Yeah. My purpose is as strong as ever. I'm doing Zooms and webinars and I'm not, I'm working as hard, just not getting on planes, but I'm working as hard now. I'm just not getting paid for it now. But it's taking me back to the beginning, to the early roots. days, wow. to the roots of when I would just do this. And I'm humble and I'm hungry and I'm still there. I'm not too good for this. I'm right back in the trenches in the beginning like I was years ago. And guess what? I was a fighter then. I had the grit then. I had the belief then. And I have it right now. And I'll continue to do this work because it's his work, right? So guess what, God? I'm open. Use me for your purpose. Guide me towards my purpose. Make me an instrument of your peace, your joy. I surrender your will, not my will. Help me build your kingdom, not my kingdom. And so I I will continue to just do that. And as I do that... You know, we'll see what happens in the future, but I, but I am being brought back to that moment. So, so purpose is, you said it earlier, just serve, just be yeah. there for others. It's not about you. And yeah. along the way, God's going to refine you in doing that. And if you're meant to be promoted, right, to reach a lot more people, he will, but maybe you're just meant to reach. And I say, maybe not, I say just, but I shouldn't say just because Jesus just invested in his 12, right? He, and right. those 12 would go on to change the world. So Whatever you're supposed to do, God will have you in that. If he wants you to reach bigger crowds and more people, great. If he wants you to invest deeply in your 20, in your 12, in your 30, then that will be the way it is. Like I know me, I know my purpose. It's to reach a lot of people to share a message with a lot of people to bring more people closer to him. Wow. And then there's other great people that work in a more intimate level yeah. in smaller groups. But that's just, I know that's not my call. I know what my call is. So everyone's going to be different. But, but don't get ahead of yourself on the call. Plant yourself where you are like a seed. Mm-hmm. Surrender to the ground the way the seed surrenders, right? Surrender to God the way the seed surrenders to the ground. I said, you surrender to the ground. I surrender to God the way the seed surrenders to the ground. And when you do that, you will then grow like that plant does. And then you will grow into the leader that he has called you to be when you do yeah. that. You know, God, uh, God created seeds because he loves things that start. Mm. And, uh, you know, one and of the multiply. things. And multiply. Yeah, that's Jeremiah 29, verse 5. Multiply. Don't just hang out there in exile. Multiply. So the uh, fascinating thing to me about everything you've been writing is there's, there's actually uh, this depth that comes out of, your own life, personal life. Tell me about your dad. My dad, my biological father or my dad who raised me? Yeah, the, the, the one that was in the military, right? A New York City police officer. Right, New York City. That was so, it. Yeah, New York City police officer. He raised me, undercover narcotics. Right. Won the Medal of Honor. Just, just a tough guy. But he saw the world in a negative way. He saw the world that was out to get him. Wasn't a, a very... Wow wasn't a believer, wasn't a faithful person, just really was fighting the world every day, but was a great dad and, and took me and my brother on as his own and raised us as his own. I heard this joke the other day that said, um, in terms of like biological father, like, is your biological father a good guy? Well, he was really a good guy. I probably wouldn't call him my biological father. (laughs) I would just call him dad. (laughs) And so, you know, my biological father wasn't a great father, very narcissistic, very self-serving wasn't very committed to me and my brother, left when I was a year old, just wow. wasn't, wasn't really a great father. He tried, but just wasn't a great father and wasn't really committed and put his other family that he found before us. So we always had this feeling of abandonment, but we had, yeah. this, uh, we had this, this other dad who raised us since I was five, my brother was eight, and he showed us commitment and he showed us love and he raised us mm-hmm. as his own. And in many ways, like his love made God's love for me possible to see that, that, there was a God that would sacrifice for me. That was a God that was committed to me that would wow. adopt me into, into his kingdom. So, so I had this dad who was very committed, another one who wasn't. So I saw the difference between a father that would commit and one that didn't one that truly loved you and focused on you and made you his priority and one that made himself a priority. And I guess that guides all of my leadership. It guides the way that I am a father and who I want to be yeah. and how I invest in my kids. So what's something good that's coming out of this right now? My son's 19. He's home from college. He was having a tough time in college, going through some difficult times. 
and it is allowing me to really spend a lot of time with him. Wow. Disciplining in some ways, creating structure in others, creating love and accountability in others, and really get him on the right track. That if I was on the road a lot, I wouldn't be able to do that, but I'm able to do that right now. And, and I did that again growing up, but not as much as I would have liked because I was on the road speaking a lot. But yeah. now it's like I was always there for my kids, but now it's like I'm like I'm doing things now that maybe I wish I could have done when he was 15 and 14. Yeah, but you know, here's here's an opportunity, and I think this is what happens on a reset moment like we have right now, John, is that sometimes we can look at it as an obstacle when in fact it's actually an opportunity for a reset, new starts. Uh, you know, April basically because the United States were all, in a sense, hunkered down, locked down. I think it's the the great reset month of the year, maybe of our lifetime. Come out of this with a different resolve. And and how do we make a difference in the world in which we live? Because it's never going to be the same again. But what do we want it to be like, right? And what's my part in that? And I think it's it's fascinating that that you would. uh, Now, how did your faith? How did coming to faith in your mid thirties change the way you parented? I want to change everything. Changed me as a as a husband, as a father. You'll have to read Relationship Grit to to hear all about that. Okay. But you know, maybe maybe my wife and I come on sometime. That'd be I, fantastic. Yeah, you know, but but I mean, it, in a nutshell, the way it changed me is it changed my heart. Mm. It changed my heart from the inside out, and so I was sort of a narcissist, and I was all about my success and focused on trying to be successful. Yeah. And I blamed my family for the reason why I wasn't successful. It was wow. because of them and my wife and all the things I had to do and all the things I had to give up to provide for them instead of going for my purpose. And when I became a person of faith, when I gave my life to Jesus, what happened was my heart changed. I began to serve more, began to love more, care more, wow. be there for them more. And in doing that, what happened was I then became more successful, which is just wild. Like once I invested in my family in the root. Next thing you know, the fruit started coming. But I knew what my priority was. I knew that if I was a success out in the world but not at home, I would be a failure. Yeah. And so being a success at home. Your identity changed. My identity changed where it was no longer where I had to have success. People ask me, like I was on a plane maybe five years ago, and this woman was next to me, and she was in the, uh, the event world, and she said, you know, I've never heard of you before. You know, you need to be a household name. You got some great stuff. I said, you know, I want to be a, a big name in my household. That's my goal. It's great. And it was, know, during the t- it was during the time when I really, my, my son was 13, my daughter was 15, both struggling. I took the whole spring and stopped traveling wow. and spent time with just my family getting involved in the trenches. Wow. And we write about this in the book. It was like, what I didn't do in the early years, I was now doing now and investing in them and being there for them and serving my wife. And my word was served for the year. At the end of the year, my wife said, hey, what's going to be your word next year? Selfish? I've never seen you do so much. I said, no, no, it's, it's going to be served because I'm now changed from the wow. inside out. And that's when I really understood servant leadership. It was after that I wrote The Carpenter, The Power of Positive Leadership, wow. Power of Positive Team, The Coffee Bean, and Stay Positive. All best-selling books besides The yeah. Energy Bus happened after I truly served my family in that way. Because your definitions changed and definitions drive decisions. All behavior follows belief. So uh, now this thing shifted in you and and your definition of success changed. You know, one of the things that that we talk about in Christian Men's Network, success is to fully satisfy your personal design. Mm. So if you were built to be a third grade teacher, be the best at it. Be excellent. Because like you said, each one of those students, let's say you teach third grade for 30 years and you think, well, that wasn't that big of a deal. But maybe that's, I don't know what that is. Maybe that's a thousand thousand students or 1,200 times 80,000. I mean, it's, it'd be unbelievable. In fact, we can look at some people and say, well, this guy was on front of magazines and all this, but you actually impacted more people teaching third grade. That's what I love about teachers and coaches. I mean, you think about yeah. the impact they had on, on people's lives and they have on people's lives. My coaches and my teachers are the one who transformed my life. So I always take a reduced fee to go speak to school districts to impact the teachers and coaches because I love still doing that 
because they are so special because they, they make a difference. And you're right. Think about the ripple effect that you have. Yeah. Have you noticed that a lot of times pastors, kids, and also teachers, kids, and you know, coaches, kids, a lot of times those kids go on to just do these amazing things. And I think it's because these parents were giving so much to others and also their own family that they created that foundation, that fertile soil for these younger people to grow. Now, I have seen that. Now, in my era, John, <laughs> the pastor's kids were the rebels. Right, right. And I did my best to uphold that flag. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it, it, a, but that was a different era, you know, growing up in the 60s. You know, yeah, the you know, message the whole, was fire and brimstone then, right? So you were rebelling against that. Now dude, I'm message. telling you, man, it was, it was uh, the old structure stuff. Um, anyway, but it, it was just things that actually – you know, it's what you talk about. It tightened up a person's dream and put it inside these little boxes. And if it didn't fit in this little box, you couldn't dream it. I love that. And I want to go back to what you said earlier, though, by the way. You, you said something so, so great and profound about whatever you're doing, just be the best at it. Like, live to your design. And mm -hmm. that's the thing. We all have a purpose. We all have a design. We all have something we're called to do. But you are called to be great. You were never meant to be average. God made you to pursue and do great things. And there's a feeling inside of us that we want to do great things. Yeah. Because we were meant to do great things. That's why it's in there. We were meant to. We were never meant to be average. We're made in the likeness and image of God. We're not here to be average. But what happens is we get these negative voices and thoughts yeah. saying we're not great. We're not enough from the enemy, right? The doubt, the discouragement, the distortion of lies, the distraction that leads to the division and the separation from God, right? And what happened in the garden, the separation gets reconciled on the cross. And so the answer to those, I call them the five Ds, and this is in the garden, the, the answer to those five Ds are, is, is Jesus. It's yeah. knowing that, that he is here to reconcile you to the Father, to unite what was separated. And once you come back to God and you are united now with God, what you realize is you are here for a purpose. You're here for a reason and you're made in his image. And so there is a greatness and identity that comes from him that he's planted in you. So it's not your own identity on your own. Your greatness comes from his greatness that he's planted in you. And then that allows you to do great things. You know, uh, reconciliation, uh, the original language, uh, it's written in is it's the antithesis of uh, accusation. Mm. So to be to help reconcile people is to pull them away, to move the other direction, which is what repentance is, to move the other direction from accusation. And the way we say it in CMN now, uh, John, is uh, the snake always lies. Mm, yes, the snake always lies. So he's never been, there's never been any truth in it. It's all accusation. John Gordon, J-O-N-G-O-R-D-O-N. I'm writing that down, by the way. I like that. Right, I got to write that down. That's really good about, you know, accusation. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, when it's called us the ministry of reconciliation, it means the ministry of pulling people away from the accusation. Really? Yeah. It, you know what? You know what it is, John? It's the curses of Goliath. And every person has a Goliath in their lives. And the curses of Goliath were not that he stood in front of Saul uh, day and night and F-bombed him. The curses of Goliath were he was saying, your God's too small. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. This will never happen. Nothing's ever going to work right. And Saul bought into the negativity of the atmosphere rather than being a coffee bean and changing the atmosphere. Love it. And so, uh, so that's why David said, uh, morning and night will I be in your word. I'll be before you morning and night. Why? Because that's when that happened. 40 days, which is the testing of man. 40 is always a number that connotes the testing of man. And so Goliath comes out morning and night and curses. And the same thing happens to you and me. Think about it. Early morning, late at night, negativity. Those are Goliath's curses. The snake always lies. Hmm. And you won't make it. It won't happen. This is gonna, you, you're going to get infected. Your whole family's going down. The stuff that Gavin Newsom said is, is all going to happen. You know, it's all going to blow up. And these things fight on us. That's why we have to pull away from the 24-7 news cycle. And Proverbs 4 says, what you put in your heart is what you become. So that 
your decisions, your destiny comes out of this input, this core. Anyway, John, I, I you know, I just Incredible. love the stuff you're, I love the stuff you're doing and, and I love meeting you brother. And I love the vibrancy of your spirit. And I'm looking forward to that book that you're going to send me about the relational book. <laughs> you get, we'll, we'll send it to you. Yeah. I'll dude, send you that in the garden. Dude, since I just paid retail for two other books. <laughs> Done. We'll send both of you. Online. Anyway. No, it's, it's great meeting you. And man, I pay, I pray uh, favor on you and your family's safety during this time period when we're talking right now. And you too. And uh, also pray that every place you put your feet, it's holy ground. And every place, everything you put your hands to, it'll prosper because you're doing it to the glory of God. You're a man who speaks of purpose, not just a narrow plan. And I love that because it allows us to color in our lives outside the lines. And it's fantastic. So, John, thank you for being with me on this time. And uh, I look forward to meeting you someday when we can actually uh, do social connection rather than social distance. <laughs> I look forward to it as well. And all that. I look forward to meeting you, you and your wife. And I pray blessing on you and everything you're doing. Thanks, John. Hey, God thanks so much you. for having me. I appreciate you. All right, we'll see you. Bye. This was such a powerful book and conversation that you guys talked about, Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, and there's stretching. so many things that we can mm -hmm. grasp out of this. But I just want to sum it up real quick. Are you going to sum it up? Yes. Okay, love fix what John and I did. all of it. Okay, love all of it. Yeah. And look at this. I love think. the struggle. Love the challenge. Yeah. Love competition. Love negative people. Love those who have hurt you and love fear. Hey, and John Gordon, I think we gave it uh, no H in his name. Yes. J-O-N-G-O-R-D-O-N.com. And, uh, and of course, in the show notes, we'll have these things. But can, can I read to you the last uh, page of The Carpenter? Yeah. So is this? Yeah. Hey, we I already started. It it? Yeah, go ahead. Can I give it away? Yeah. <laughs> what do they call that? The spoiler alert? Yeah, spoiler thing. alert. Yeah, I don't think I'll do that. Aww. You're going to have to read the book. Huh? <laughs> Which, but basically, it's this. It's that uh, it's what we do with the Christian Men's Network. Exactly. And that is teach to teach to teach. Exactly. In other words, we train men who will train men. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 2, Paul said to uh, Timothy, a young man that he was uh, mentoring, he said, um, the, well, the things I've given you, give to other men who will be faithful. Give them to faithful men. Look exactly. for faithful men. Who will be able to teach others also yeah in other words we teach others not just to teach them but for them to teach others yes in other words christian men's network isn't built in order to bring people to us but for us to help pastors leaders churches to grow local churches exactly that's the bottom line so it really is about helping a man learn to disciple other men to bring men to christ exactly 100%. bam yeah. that's it and i mean it's powerful. Yeah. You know, because one of the greatest things about learning discipleship is love never ends. Okay, let me write that down. Hang on to a second. <laughs> love never ends. But okay, that's good. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I see what you're saying. Because it's like learning how to, like we, like I summed up, you know, the carpenter. Loving to love no matter what. Right. Yeah. Well, love always carries forward. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. The progression so, of it. Okay. I get it. Love never ends. Exactly. Yeah. You could write a book. If maybe you could, the book's been written. If you could ghostwrite it for <laughs> maybe me. Maybe the book's been written. <laughs> or maybe you can help me with that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, John Gordon, I want to thank John for being with us and taking the time. And, yeah. and I look forward to having more conversations with him. Yes. You know, I'd like to do, um, you know, some special things for us, for our guys and, and uh, you know, kind of stretch us in some of these areas. But... Uh, John really, John really nailed it. I want to thank John for that. And um, Chris and I have both gone through the power of potential. Yes. It is a fantastic study. It's wonderful. And uh, now I'm doing it again. We're doing it live yeah. every Monday night on Monday Night Men. I think I'll be there. Yeah, you'll be there. <laughs> and uh, also, not only that, not only do we do it on, uh, but it's on YouTube. Yes, you right? can go back and watch it, yep. So you watch it on YouTube, and then there's a Facebook, Christian Men's Network yes. Facebook page. Yes. So it's on there. And then on YouTube, you put in Monday Night Men. In yes. fact, you can Google Monday Night Men, and we come up on the front page. Yes. In fact, we're at the top. Yep. 
And about the fourth one down is Monday Night Men Bowling League. Yes. That's not us. But that's not us. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah nope. Yeah. But also when you're there, you know, um, make sure you like the video. Oh, yeah. Make Good. sure you share the video. Yeah. Make sure you also subscribe to the channel. Mm -hmm. It makes it easier for you to find the video for the next vi uh, yeah, next true. week. And it also reminds you of other videos that um, have impacted a bunch mm -hmm. of people that we've shared. Well, they're on there. There's all sorts of stuff exactly. on that Monday Night Men uh, channel or on the Christian Men's Network channel. Exactly. Which is this all the same thing. Yes. Right? And we have more videos that yeah. are, uh, we're getting ready to do. Bishop Bronner's on there. We've mm -hmm. got other videos on there. We've got inspirational stuff from yeah. everybody from Pierre Duplessis exactly. to uh, Bishop Dale Bronner. Yes. Yeah, it's a fantastic channel. Uh, uplifting, enlarging. And then uh, cmn.men is where men can get the resources. Yes. And the Power Potential book has a workbook with it. Mm -hmm. Go through it together. And uh, so uh, fantastic stuff. Hey, thank you for being with us today on uh, Brave Men. Excited about the new year, about uh, reviving things, about relaunching, about yes. moving into new areas of our lives. And one of the things that, that uh, I mentioned to a number of men recently was uh, in Acts, the third chapter. And it says this, and this is after uh, Peter and John. Yes. Uh, Peter says to him, rise and be healed, and he rises up, he's healed. He turns to all the people there and he says to them, repent, turn around, return to God so your sins would be erased. And then he says, so that times are refreshing. So good. And the Amplified says, recovering from the effects of heat or reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. And bottom line is, this everything we're doing here yeah. is about reviving our hearts, recovering from the effects of heat, which is burnout. Amen. Right? Which yes. is kind of where we've been. Yeah. And fresh air is the presence of God, man. Amen. And that's it. And uh, so that's what John did for us. That's yes. What, that's what happens every week on Brave Men. Yes. In December of 2020, we had nine different programs on from Max Lucado to uh, who else? Otto Kelly. Otto Kelly. Yeah. Fantastic. So um, that was remarkable. So we can go back and all those are on the yes. on the menu. Yes. Right. You can go wherever you listen to podcasts. Over 70 episodes yes, now. We're up to 70 episodes and you can go back and listen at any time. Yeah. So it is about that. It's about reviving, refreshing, uh, being renewed in yes. Jesus Christ. But when you go back and you listen, make sure you subscribe. There you make go. Sure Come you on, like, man. Make sure you like. Make sure you share because you know that there's somebody that needs to hear this. That's exactly you know that right. you were encouraged, so do not be greedy and hold the encouragement to yourself. Share the encouragement. Amen. Hey, thank you for being with us today on Brave Men. Remember, hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope's name is Jesus. Come on, man. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.